Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. One of the greatest apologetics of the Christian faith for why you need to believe in the Christian faith is found in the resurrection. You didn't see it, but it's recorded for us. Whether it is the condition of the tomb, the soldiers that were at the, at the tomb, and then somehow, some way, they weren't there, and then the body comes out of the tomb, or it could even be the changed lives of the disciples. Again and again and again, when it comes to the Christian faith, there is a message that is often stunning, but then there is proof that leads to our belief. And it's that same principle that is found here with Jacob and he, when he receives the news of Joseph. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. Today we're finishing up this story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, and, and we've been on this journey for a few months, and so we want to encourage you, if you haven't been with us the last few months or even the last, maybe you just haven't been with us periodically through this journey, uh, go online, listen to the story. And so with that being said, the goal of this has been to complete the story of Joseph and to set up ultimately where the Israelites will have been in Egypt, and then they'll go on the Exodus, and then they eventually reestablish themselves in the land of Canaan. But you have to understand the story of Joseph to get to all of that. And that's really where we're at today. Now, the other thing that you got to realize is we've already, we've already hit the crescendo of the story. There's a lesser crescendo with Joseph and Jacob, his father, reconnecting, but we've already hit the crescendo. And I say that because we've essentially built the house. If, if any of you have ever had, a, had the opportunity to build a house on your own, I have not. But if you ever have, you get to a certain point when you can move in the house, but there's still finishes that have to be done. There's curtains that have to be hung. Landscaping has to get taken care of. Maybe mulch, uh, not just mulch, but even sod has to get laid down. You got uh, different um, type of fixtures you may still be purchasing. So there's these finishing touches that you have to put into place before you would say it's really finished. And that's kind of what we're doing today. It's not necessarily the most compelling and riveting, although I do believe there's very important things for us to learn. But in this, we're essentially offering the finishing touches for how it is that the Israelites ended up, the, the brothers of Joseph ended up in Egypt. And then with that, we understand how they ultimately will get back, get back into Canaan. Now, there's a lot of great things that have been happening in this story. And where again we left at was where the brothers, um, where, where it was that the brothers and Joseph were reconciling. Now today, with all that in mind, the primary application of these last few chapters of Genesis is on legacy. Because it's in these few chapters that we see Joseph establishing and laying out the legacy of what he's going to be remembered for. If it wasn't for these last few chapters, his life is forgotten. He is lost in, in history. But because of these last few chapters, because he finishes so well, there's a legacy now that we get to remember, that we get to reflect on. And then again, we understand the full story of Israel and we ultimately understand where Jesus came from. And so with that being said, what is going to be the legacy that you leave behind? 
as a minister, I'll have an opportunity to, to officiate funerals. And you realize what people's legacy are at that, at that memorial service. And one of the things that we do, at least if a, if a minister's worth anything, they'll go and they'll sit with somebody and they'll talk to the family about how the person's life and some stories. And I heard a sad story of that in which a minister sat down with the family and they said to the family, they asked some series of questions and they asked the family, okay, can you tell me about how this man, he passed away, how this man was as a father? And it was silence. They, he said, okay, well, can you tell me how he was as a husband? Silence. Well, can you, can you tell me how he cared for people? Silence. The family didn't want to say. And then a bit of frustration, the minister asked, well, can you tell me what exactly he cared about? And the answer was tractors. The whole family said, almost in unison, tractors. He loved tractors. That was his legacy. And so whenever that moment comes and a minister sits down with your family and he asks some questions, they ask some questions of what exactly it is that you're going to be remembered for, what exactly needs to be spoken over your life and those, those last moments that everybody comes together as they remember you, what are they going to say? Well, in this passage, we're going to give you some thoughts to consider, um, some, maybe some things to take away, and how it is that we can all have a great legacy. Now, what we got to realize in Joseph's life is Joseph is a, is a foreshadower of Jesus. And so there's quite a bit of Joseph's life that points towards Christ. But here's the key. As we live for Christ, there's these secondary things that come of our lives. And often those secondary things are service and community uh, focus and family focus. And then we're going to be generous. And we begin to become known for those particular things. Like you're just not lost and erased in history. You can be as you live for him. And that's what I believe I'm going to present to you today that comes out of the life of Joseph. And so then we come into chapter 45, the second half of it, and we start reading there. When the news had reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, there's already been this reconciliation that's happened, so word is spreading. Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this, load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. And so word is out and, and Pharaoh is saying, I want all of you to return to Egypt or not return. I want those of you that are going to go to return, but everybody to come to Egypt and to settle here. And I'm going to give you the best of the land. Now, in the original language of Hebrew, the best of the land is actually an illusion, and there's some similarity to how Eden, the Garden of Eden, is described. So they're, in essence, getting a little taste of what Eden was like as they come into Goshen. That's how good this land is. You are also directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives, and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. In other words, you don't have to bring bags. Everything is going to be taken care of for you. So the sons of Israel did this and Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded. These are nice carts and we'll get to why that's important in a moment. He gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them, he gave them new clothing. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and 500 sets of clothes. And so Pharaoh has commissioned this. But Joseph is generous in the midst of this to his brothers. This isn't a point on your card, but I would encourage you to write it. Because as I was sorting through this passage over just the last couple of days, even after I turned in all my notes, I found myself saying a major part of someone's legacy is always, always their level of generosity. And in this moment, Joseph isn't going to keep everything to himself. 
He's not going to simply say, well, I'm inviting you into Egypt and that's enough. No, in this moment, he's actually going to be generous to his brothers and give to them what it is that he has. What is it that he's had been given to him in truth? Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Let me ask you a woman's name. Do any of you here know a woman by the name of Martha Irvin? No. You don't, but you do. In fact, I would argue the reason that you are here right now, one of the reasons at least, is because of Martha Irvin. See, about 25 years ago, this church that you get the benefit of, it was in Littleton, and it was outgrowing the facility that it was in to the point where they had been looking for years to purchase property and ultimately find a place to relocate where they could continue to expand because they just didn't have any room. But in the process of that, what they realized, like we all realize, is that it is really expensive here. And so they found this plot of land, 25 acres, out here just outside of Highlands Ranch, and they said, this is the land that we need to buy. And while the church was growing and it was large, it wasn't quite big enough to be able to afford a place like this. And in step, Martha Irvin. In the twilight of her life, she only attended here for, she only attended at this location for about a year. But in the twilight of her life, as the church was trying to figure out how to pay for this particular plot of land and then this building, she sold a cabin and some land she had in the mountains. And she took all of that money, $250,000, and she gave it to the church because she did not want this opportunity to pass Valley View Christian Church by. Because she wanted people who she would never know, who she would never meet, and like we just exemplified, would never even know her to miss out on the opportunity to come together even on a snowy, cold day and worship God. And so she gave a quarter of a million dollars to allow you to have a place to come on a Sunday morning, when a lot of other people wouldn't. And that is Martha Irving, a part of Martha Irving's legacy. Now she has a legacy with her family. She has a legacy with some parts of the community, but she will always have a legacy here. And it is that gift in a lot of ways that you could argue spurred this church on to being able to establish itself for another 50 to 100 years. 
And that legacy is rooted in her generosity. And in this moment here, Joseph is not wanting to hold back. Instead, he's releasing what he has to his brothers. And, he's, and because of that, because he's allowing them to come into this, because of his generosity, his story continues on. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he's the ruler of all of Egypt. Well, Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them because he didn't believe anything they said. He didn't trust them at this point. But there they are. They're saying this crazy thing like Joseph is still alive. Where has he been at the last 20 years? But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, so they've shared a message. And when he saw the carts, that's key, the carts. Like these are like the Mercedes Benz of carts, the Bentley of carts, the Bugatti of carts. These are the nicest carts they could ever imagine, nicer than these guys could have ever afforded. When he saw the carts, Joseph had sent to carry him back. The spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. And Israel said, I am convinced. He saw the, the evidence that supported the message. My son Joseph is still alive and I will go and see him before I die. There's a common practice throughout the scriptures that you'll see in which a message is shared and evidence is offered. One of the great examples of this is the resurrection of Christ. Jesus appears. People go and tell about him. Specifically, Mary Magdalene goes and tells the other disciples about Jesus. They're stunned. They don't believe her. But then they go and they examine the evidence. One of the greatest apologetics of the Christian faith for why you need to believe in the Christian faith is found in the resurrection. You didn't see it, but it's recorded for us. Whether it is the condition of the tomb, the soldiers that were at the, at the tomb, and then somehow, some way, they weren't there, and then the body comes out of the tomb, or it could even be the changed lives of the disciples. Again and again and again, when it comes to the Christian faith, there is a message that is often stunning, but then there is proof that leads to our belief. And it's that same principle that is found here with Jacob and he, when he receives the news of Joseph. So Jacob, Israel, set out with all that was his when he reached Beersheba. He offered sacrifices to God, the God of his father, Isaac. The one thing that Jacob does not want to do at this point in his life is leave the will of God. He knew that Canaan was God's land. This was a land that was promised to his family, but he doesn't want to miss out on it. It seems like if he's going to leave, he's going to miss out on this land. So he's a little bit worried. So here's what happens. So God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And so God speaks to him here. This is, this is the last time that God will speak to his people until we see Charlton Heston on a mountainside talk, listening to a burning bush. Like for 430 years, there's nothing. For, this is the last moment. And what does God have to say? Jacob, Jacob. There are only four instances in the Bible in which somebody's name from God is mentioned twice. It's Jacob, Abraham, Saul, Saul of Tarsus, and then you've got Samuel whenever he is called. And each one of those people are at a crossroads in their life. Something's going to change. Something's going to be different. Jacob, Jacob. Here I am, he replied. I am the God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. And you have to be a great nation because a couple hundred of you is not going to be able to conquer Canaan. But this is your land. Go there. You'll come back a million strong, and then you're going to conquer this land. But you got to go there. And I will go down to Egypt with you, which is what Jacob wanted to hear. And I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand, his own hand will be there and he will close your eyes. 
Jacob takes risk, but he doesn't want to risk being outside of God's will. And God is confirming in this moment, I am with you as you're on this journey to Egypt. Going on to verse five, then Jacob left Beersheba and Israel's sons took their father, Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. So Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt, taking with them their livestock possessions they had acquired in Canaan. And Jacob brought with him to Egypt, his sons and grandsons and daughters and granddaughters and all his offspring. If you've got a Bible open, some of you do, you're going to see at that point right there, a long list of names. If you open up your Bible or you just flip through it on your phone, scroll through it, you're going to see names in periodic places. Why are those names there? It's because those people matter to God. It's because you matter to God. Every individual matters to God. That Jesus didn't just come to die and save a nation. He came to die and save you. If you should so choose to believe in him. I mean, what a legacy that would be just to have your name written in the Bible. But you know what's even better than that? In the book of Revelation, everyone who's called on the name of Jesus and has believed in him will have their name written in the book, the Lamb's book of life into all of eternity. And that, that is something that we see here in these scriptures and we learn is that God cares about everybody. Everyone matters. That's why those names are there. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. So Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. And when they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And as soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his Jacob has with death. As you read through the story again and again, Jacob's saying, now I'm ready to die. Now I'm ready to die. Now I can die. But he has 17 more years to live. You know what we learn here? Is you might think you're done, but God's not done with you. You might think you're done in that community. You might think you're done in that workplace. You might think that you're done maybe even with that family, but God's not done with you there. 
And you need to hunker down, you need to stick with it, and maybe you need to even see what it is that can come of that. A great example of that is a woman who just recently passed away from our church, and she passed away rather suddenly. Her name's Irene Smith. Irene Smith, at the age of about 58, created a printing business. And it wasn't printing like uh, mailers and flyers. If you do that, that's great. But she would actually print uh, decals that would go on the side of rockets that go into space. Like who has a vision for that? So at the age of like in her late 50s, she has this vision to, to create these decals and, and some other items as well. But, but whenever you see an Amazon rocket go off into space and on the side of it is a logo before it gets burned off into the atmosphere, like that logo is something she created. In her late 50s, she creates this business. In her early 60s, she's on this national uh, news network and I've seen the picture in which there are cameras all around and she's being interviewed. It was six, she was 63. And, I, and I, she shows me this picture and I said, Irene, I said, you're 63. Did you know that you would still be doing this at 87? She said, no, but the Lord did. And then I looked around her office where that picture was and there was scripture, 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 Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. She said, I'm just doing this for God. People would have thought she was done, but God thought she was just getting started. And then she let me tour around her facility. She has this huge, all these different types of machinery and, and whatnot there. And, and I met her staff. Most of her staff had been with her for over a decade because she was so good to them. She shared the blessing. She didn't try to get rich and wealthy off of it. She just wanted to help and bless and serve other companies and also serve her employees and honor God in the process. And she's got an incredible legacy because of that. It's a legacy that points towards Christ and it's a legacy of all the blessing that she offered to others. There's a man named John Maxwell. He was a, he's written many books on leadership, but he said, if you want to be successful, leave your family with a lot of stuff. But if you want to have a legacy, leave people with, not with a lot of things from you, but with some stuff that you put in them. And his point in that quote is like, you got to put things in people. And Irene was one of those people. And my point here is with Jacob is that Jacob keeps thinking it's the end of his life, but there's still a lot more to give. He's got a lot of years left. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him before Pharaoh. And this is like one of those moments in scripture where you just wish there was more detail and there's just not. But after Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, how old are you? Because the Egyptians were fascinated with age. They thought that the oldest someone could get to was 110 years old. And here is, here is Jacob. And so Jacob said to Pharaoh, the years of my pilgrimage are 130. My years have been few and difficult and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my father. What's interesting about that is first off, he's lived so long, but also that he sees himself as a sojourner. This isn't his home. He knew that there was a place to go, a place to be after this. And then Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't bless Jacob. Pharaoh is a footnote to Jacob because of Jacob's faithfulness towards the end of his life. And he went out from his presence from there. People, people should want the blessing that is in your life. And if you're around them and you're sharing some of that blessing, you're not being hoarding it and being greedy with it. If you're sharing that blessing in different ways, like people want that. And Pharaoh wanted what Jacob had. And so Jacob lived, going on 28, in Egypt 17 years, and the years of his life were 147 years. And when the time drew near for Israel to die, he called for his son Joseph, and he said to him, 
If I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you will show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt. But when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. I will do as you say, Joseph says. Swear to me, said. Then Joseph swore to him and Israel worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. In the next chapter, you see this blessing because Joseph had married an Egyptian. So he wasn't going to be one of the part of the 12 tribes, but his sons were Manasseh and Ephraim. And so they had Joseph's blessing divided up between them. That's why Joseph isn't one of the 12 tribes of Israel, but Ephraim and Manasseh are. And then we, verse 33, we read of Jacob's death. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew up his feet into his bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. This is one of the first references in the Bible, probably the first reference in the Bible to an afterlife that Jacob was gathered to his people because he knew that this was not all that there was. And then his brothers, Joseph's brothers, were nervous of what would happen to them because their father had died. And look at what Joseph says. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in this place of God? You intended to harm me, but God... Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.